0: Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network. Stay tuned for an encouraging word from Pastor, Teacher Dr. James Sutton. Let's see what Pastor Sutton has to say to us today.
1: Hello, this is Pastor Jay, and I want to give you a word of wisdom and encouragement today. God's love is demonstrated in His warnings and His promises. They're both holy and righteous, and you need to adhere to the warnings and trust in his promises. And you need to trust in his warnings and adhere to his promises. So what am I saying? It's all in one. If you really understand the love of God, you will understand the nature of God is love. But in that love, there are warnings and there are promises. And they're really the same. This is Pastor J. think about it. Like, subscribe and share and I'll see you on the other side. Peace! Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to
2: us today.
0: As we go into our Bible study, let the Holy Spirit have it his way in each one of us that we will glean what you want us to glean, and Lord, that we will have an understanding, and we just thank you for this time of fellowship in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 amen.
2: Okay, so last week we start we stopped. We were doing our questions and we were going through. And as we went through, we were answering the questions for each verse and everybody's leaving stuff and so did I but um, we stopped at number 21 and number 21 deals with comes from verse 17 so verse 17 we're in 1 Corinthians 4. Use the sheet that I gave you. When you all use your books and stuff, it kinda, it'll kind of confuse you. Because like I said, I, I give out the, the uh, sheets. And it's coming from the ESV. Because a lot of times when you're using different versions or translations, then the wording may be different. And it kind of throws you off. And so if you use the sheets that I give you, or either US, uh, ESV Bible, then uh, it'll kind of help you to understand. So Frida, can you read verse 17? We're in 1 Corinthians 4.
3: <clears throat> that is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. I'm sorry, sir, first read it all. Read it all. For
2: starting at
3: 1 four. yes this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God moreover it is required of stewards that they be found faithful but with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court in fact I do not even judge myself for I am not aware of anything against myself but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. And would that you did reign, so that we might share the rule with you. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst, We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, and we labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless gods in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you. But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills. And I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? Amen.
2: Okay. So now let's go back and read. Uh, We've talked about how Paul has come and how he's writing the letter to uh the Church of Corinth, just kind of a quick review, and he's ta- uh, talking to them about how they should be, how they should be, and the things that he's heard they've they have done and are doing. And so uh, he says, I'm not writing to shame you, but to correct you. Okay.
3: Verse 17. Please read that one. <clears throat> That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. Okay. Now, the question is, number 21, do
2: different churches have the right to teach different doctrine? No. 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 Elaborates, Sister Louie.
0: Because the Word of God stands, and we've been given instruction to teach. Paul was telling Timothy and telling the Corinth to teach what's written. Paul was teaching the gospel, and everyone else who's teaching the gospel should teach the gospel and not their own. Right.
2: The Word is here, it is there. Don't deviate from it. Teach what's there, okay, the truth. Amen. Um, And it should be the same in every church, no matter where, you know, you go. It should be the same because it's built on the same foundation. Number
3: 22 comes
2: from 18.
3: Some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you. Okay. So again, Paul asks,
2: The question is, what attitude did some of them have?
0: Arrogant Arrogant. attitude.
2: Attitude of Uh, arrogance, uh, and they're just full of pride. Right, just full of pride. They got it going on. Puffed up. Yep, yep. 23. They thought they would
0: never
2: face Paul too again. Right,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he, he mentions that too. Uh, You know, I'm trying to get to you, uh, Lord willing. But yeah, they they had an attitude
3: of arrogance. 19. But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. Okay.
2: So the question is, what did Paul intend to do about it? And Carolyn, Carolyn mentioned part of the answer. He's he going he to come and see if they got power. He was coming back, right, God willing. And to see, um, just to let them know that their proud sinning, you know, is not going unchallenged. He's going to challenge that mm-hmm. for the sake of the gospel. You know, you're you're talking this way and, you know, you're doing these things. And so um, I'm going to check you. I'm coming back to check you to see exactly what you're doing. Because if you're, if you're full of pride and you're full of, uh, and you yeah. have an attitude of arrogance, what tends to happen?
3: You don't listen.
2: You just go your own way. You go your own way. Okay, because now when you're full of pride and you're full of arrogance, who is it about?
0: Yourself. It's
2: about you. It's about you. So the foundation is lost. It's about you. Okay. And so he calls them and he ch- he's, checking them about, he's checking them on it. Uh, 24, explain 420 and give some applications. Read 420, please.
3: For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, But in power. Okay.
2: So now he's saying you're doing all this talking, but talk is cheap. Okay. So explain 420 to me, someone. We do it after what? Okay. And not here, y'all. Okay. Go on, Joyce. (laughs) Anyone else? Well, the word of God is is,
0: in power. The word of God is the only that has power. Mm-hmm. You know, some people think they got power, but unless it's God's power according to his word,
3: you really don't have any power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mother? Carolyn, Jack? Me, T The kingdom of God does not consist because does not consist in talking about. <clears throat> the kingdom of God don't talk about it. It is about it.
2: Okay. So, the, the, you know, when we're talking about <coughs> spiritual character, <coughs> excuse me, we're not talking about impressive words. <coughs> and we know that the, the Corinthians had all type of spiritual gifts, but they're not, uh, um, our spiritual, their spiritual character shouldn't be measured by the impressive words, but by the power of their life. You know, and so when a person say he belongs to Christ, his actions should prove that. Okay, that his words are true. You
0: know, there was something years ago, and I don't know if you have heard this, but I can't hear what you're saying for seeing what you're doing. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's true. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Repeat that again. I can't hear what you're saying for seeing what you're What you're doing. Okay, your mouth is going one way and saying one thing, but you're doing... But your
0: actions are different.
2: Yeah, right, right. And if we, you know, Matthew seven sixteen, kind of like what you're saying, you said you will know them by their fruit. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes you will know you them will. by their fruit. You definitely will. You know, they can say anything, but let's see what What about your fruit?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What about your fruit? And
0: then, and then you know, God, God is so direct and so... Loving that He breaks every time everything down in His Word,
3: because
0: mm-hmm. He tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is yeah. in Galatians five twenty two, and if we don't have according to His Word, then we're off, we're off track.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's that's what um, Paul has been pounding and pounding on. Stick to the Word. Stick to the foundation here. Don't veer off. Stick to because if you stay here. And then you won't have any problems. There's no problems.
0: And and I'd like to say one more thing, please. There's going to be more. I won't say one more thing. Because it might be a whole lot of more things. But we have to be totally, completely dependent on God's Word. We can't go with what we think or what we say or what we this and that totally according to god's word but that's where yes
2: but that's where that word abide okay Mm -hmm. but then again that's where the arrogance come in and to be and being puffed up we have to humble ourselves we have to humble ourselves because until we do We'll never get to the point where you're saying that we're completely
0: to- and totally. Yes. It's not about what I think or, or what, what I know I say or what I it's about what the word says.
2: Yes. 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 Hello. Okay. Um, last but not least, this is the last one that we have and then we're gonna go on. 21. It says, What are going read? 21.
3: What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? Okay.
2: So, what alternatives did Paul give them?
0: Do they want a rod or do they want a spirit of okay. love and a spirit of gentleness? Okay. Which one do you, what
2: would you prefer? Okay. And it says, Now, okay, now explain. Spirit. explain he them meat. you said do you want do you want me to come in
0: with, with a rod or and just or, spiritual or love and spiritual generosity. Okay, well, so when you, when you think of a rod you think of beating right. somebody mm-hmm. who's That's coming it. to you harshly harshly and beating because when you think of a whip when somebody's riding a horse mm-hmm. what they do, mm-hmm. they beat that horse yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's
4: what
2: they do. So, praise God. And back in them days, they literally used the rod, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they yeah. did. And a lot of times, the rod doesn't work. No. A lot of times, quick quick uh, confession. When I was younger, I didn't care about a whooping. You know, my mother would me, like, whooped me and let me go do what I'm doing. you know, gonna, i go
0: do it anyway.
2: Right. I cry a minute, but after that, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a beating, yeah, some people just don't like to be beat, but it didn't bother me. You know. Well,
0: you <laughs> but, you know but you know, we're all different. Oh, yes. And that's why I was telling the young lady uh, this morning, uh, she was saying something. I said, but that's you. We're all masterpieces of God. Mm-hmm and we're all different. So we have to learn to really stay in the word yeah. to make us and mold us into what he wants us to be. Right. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Mm-hmm.
2: And so He and, and he's coming to them just like a child when he says with the rod, just like a child a, a father whose child is not paying attention. Mm-hmm. But Or they, he could come that way or you could change your behavior mm-hmm. and you know, I can come at you a different way with love, mm-hmm. and we can go from there. He can come with them and gently show and share his love with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and spiritual leaders today need to use the rod of correction uh, more. That's true. Um, for those people who are persistent in sin, you know, a lot of times people look at our churches as as a farce because. If anything that's going on in the streets it's is going still on going in on country. in the churches mm-hmm. you can find it in the church mm-hmm. you know we disguise it in the name of Jesus but no it's the same thing in the streets we just try to change it and dress it up mm-hmm.
0: um, you know and that brings up another point that a lot of times people don't want to come into a church because the church is so much like
2: the streets, so why should I go into the church? Or they may not want to come to some churches because the church is ran with a corrective right. Thank ride. you, thank you. You know, I'm not going to come there, and every time I come, they beat me up about what I'm doing and, and things like, no, nah, I'm going to go over here, and I ain't got to hear that mess, <laughs> you know? And we do that. And then you see... The word when you go to some of those places the word is not being taught. No it is. In those places because the only thing we do is we want to feel good and you know look good but we don't want to hear nothing that's going to be corrective in our behavior. We won't want we don't want to do that. So any other questions about that? Any comments? Well,
4: I just thought about when you said that people don't want to come. Uh, the scripture with, with loving kindness that I draw you? And so you know when a when it's a babe in Christ, they're just coming in. You you stay with the word. Now you don't falter on the word, but you don't. You know what I'm saying? You don't. You're not as harsh with the lifestyle. You kind of. Uh, what well, we talk about, the feel-felt-found concept, but once you've been in the Word and then for a while, and some, you it should be some type of change in your life, mm-hmm. some type mm-hmm. of reflection of Christ
2: in your life. Right, and, and that's that point, what he's telling them, okay. you know, you, you, you're you not babes in Christ, you right, know, right. you act immature, oh, okay, but you shouldn't be right. because you've right. been taught, right. you know. And that's why he's so hard on them. Yeah. Of course, when we have uh, saints that, you know, are just coming into the church, yeah. you know, that our approach should be different. Yeah. But after a while, they, they should, there should be some change. Some change. There right. should be some change, right. even with them. And that change is not going to be the same for each and every one of us. Right. But right. someone see. should see some type of change, some kind of way, <laughs> you right. know, and, and he, not just yeah. in talk. The thing talk. is
4: too, if you don't, and you're in the congregation, you are bound to corrupt. You could be the one to corrupt the babes that come in, because of your behavior, because of the way you are. You know, the hell and you, and your character that does not reflect Christ. So the rod is necessary mm-hmm. in the church for the saints, because yeah, like, there's babes that's coming in, and we don't need, you know, those. People with those other characters corrupting those
2: that are new in Christ. Mm-hmm. Now we know that Paul started the Corinthian church. Yes, the church at Corinth, rather. Yes. He started the church at yes. Corinth, yes. and so he had a special. Um, um, he he was very concerned about how they were. I guess not going with his legacy, what I've taught them, how you're using this, how you're learning the word and expounding on it. But he also, and he got on them about being arrogant and the things that he did, but he was not an arrogant person. He was very, very humble, and he told them that. And so, before we go on, I want to review exactly what uh, two words that we talked about. Um, Servant and a steward who can give me the definition of a servant we had I wrote them on the board and then I gave them to you again when I gave you your sheet that was part of the the definition Okay, a servant is anyone under the authority of another. Okay, so, or in, sometimes you can use it as a minister. Okay, remember that? Okay, and if you go back, what was the definition?
0: you defini- repeat that again, please?
2: Anyone under the authority of another.
0: Okay, a servant.
2: Is anyone under the authority of another? Of another. Okay. Right. And what was the other? I gave you another definition of steward. One mm-hmm. serve God. One serve God and Any person under the authority of another. Okay. One who takes uh care of uh, uh, who takes what was that you said at the end?
0: Um, he said,
2: one who served God and others, and uh, any person under the authority of another. Okay, so anyone is under the authority of another that's entrusted with taking care of something else, okay? Yeah. Of some, someone else's. I have
4: manages the
2: household. Okay, manages the household. Right, that's what we, um, what we used before. So Paul was a servant and a steward of Christ. Okay? And I want you to keep those definitions in mind because as we go on, he took his job very seriously about who he was and how he humbly was a servant for, for Christ. So he claims that he was a servant and I want to look at the sheet that I just gave you all earlier because he was serious. He was very serious about who he was in Christ. Okay. Not boastful. Can so we you turn, turn over on, now. You can turn them over now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can turn it,
0: was, it I knew it was something when you had it on the back. So I said I better leave that alone.
2: <laughs> you can turn it over now. Thank you. It is Second okay. Corinthians. Okay. Okay. Eleven twenty three
0: through
2: twenty eight. Okay. Sister Daphne, could you read that? Did you get it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
4: 2 Corinthians 11, 23, 28. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman. With far greater labor, far more imprisonment, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst often without food in cold and exposure and apart from other things there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches
2: Okay. so those are some of the things he talked about being an humble servant and he (laughs) those words are not how many of us could endure what he went through for you know and so (coughs) here, and we're going to get to that later on, but here, this is his resume. You know, you all are bragging about what you're doing. Okay, if y'all want to be like that, hey, I. this is what I've been through. Okay? okay? But he stayed rounded on the foundation of God. He didn't boast. He, You know, he was humble. And so my question is, how did he describe his life as an apostle? And why do you think He taught these things. Probably answered it already, but
3: in your own words. It was hard. Okay. His life was hard um, so that the people wouldn't think that it was easy. Nothing about it is easy. Mm -hmm. And if you do find it easy and don't get any adversity coming your way, no obstacles coming your way, it's all good for you, you probably you probably ain't doing something right. Mm-hmm. You probably ain't doing it right.
2: Mm. That's
3: good. That's good. And
4: just to say, picking up the cross and becoming a servant of Christ, as my sister said, it's not easy that the uh, transforming of your mind is a journey that you have to not only accept Expect adversity and turmoils to come, but endure them. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it, as the servant, you can't just well, you shouldn't just be like, okay, I'm I'm out. This is too much. You could, <laughs> but you know, he also describes himself as a prisoner mm-hmm. to Christ. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you when you pick up that cross, and I think even the word said if you take up the cross and then you turn back, you're not worthy of me, mm-hmm. Worthy of calling yourself a, a, a child of God. So he's letting them see that yeah, it's, it, this isn't a thing, you know, being called a servant of God is not a position of um, what is the word I'm trying to say? It's not glamorous. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to be walking around like the Pharisees and the that no, is
2: prestigious, yeah.
4: For this, this is not a prestigious journey,
2: mm-hmm.
4: you will endure suffering. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. hard,
2: it's a, it's a hard journey. What I want to interject was since we're
1: research this a little bit more, we using that word servant, that actually that word is slave, mm-hmm. yes, yes, and now it changes the dynamic. As a servant, that's why you say, like, well, you know, you should. As a slave, you have no choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. no choice. And, and, and the Westerners did that to make it sound a little more appealing to you. Mm-hmm. That's why when that, you say he's a prisoner, a prisoner is a slave. Mm-hmm. A prisoner is not a servant. And when we think of those who are called, you are called to be a slave to Christ. Mm-hmm. On behalf of Christ, for Christ's people, and if you look at the list of the things that he had to go through, he had to fight his own people. Mm-hmm. Now think about this. You come in to give them a message that's going to save them, but they're the people that you're going to try to get a message to going to be the people that fight against you the most.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Think about that. Wrap your mind around that. I'm not worried about the outside people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The outside. Yes. I, ain't worried, I ain't worried about very nobody very out there. <laughs> inside. I'm worried about in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what upsets any pastor the most. It's like, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you, but you keep fighting against... that's a depressing thing because Paul had every reason to be depressed I mean Mm -hmm. not only did he have to fight the people that he's trying to save but he got beat by the same people Mm -hmm. he got stoned by the same people Mm -hmm. even his Jewish people hated him Mm -hmm. and now now he's talking to a church that he's founded and they buckled up against him but he wants, he loves them so much and again I've learned over 14, 15 years I've been doing this Mm -hmm. when you truly call you have no choice Mm -hmm. You have no choice. It's it's such a calling that even if you did want to quit, like Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I can't no matter what I go through, I can't stop. <clears throat> because the, the key is it's not you receiving, it's the called person obeying. That's all that's all we can do. We can't God didn't tell us that okay, once we became a preacher, we're gonna get seven thousand people, and you're gonna have a mega church. He just said, feed my sheep. Think what he told Peter. He didn't tell Peter how many people going to follow him. He just told Peter, feed my sheep. And, and and in that feeding of the sheep, that slave mentality is, I don't get a choice if I accepted the call. I, I, I went from servanthood to slavehood for Christ. I, I have to be willing to die just like he did. That's why you find Paul always talking about him being worthy of the stripes, him being worthy of this—it's like my master went through the worst end of this. So if whatever I go through is nothing compared to what he's went through, and I'm his representative. So when they say, when you read, they did it to the—they did it to the green. They'll do it to the dry. All—all all those are servants of God, including the—the—the—the the, 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 the level of coming to Christ. You have become a slave to Christ. He is your Lord and Master. You have you, this. Ain't no choice thing. This is a slave master relationship, okay? And and in the in first century church, if you go back to the Old Testament, there were slaves that loved their masters, wanted to be because the masters took care of them, just like Jesus take care of us. And what they would do every seven years, you get a chance to leave if you want to with your family or whatever. They got rules how. You know, if you had a child, the child had to stay, but you could leave. But if you got married, you could leave with your wife. But some of them actually loved their master so much that they stayed and waited. And what they did was say, "I want to stay with you forever as a slave." Okay, they would put their ear on a on a on a post and have a board bored in their ear, and that would let people know that he was a slave that wanted to stay and be with their master. And what we bear is not the ear thing, but we wear we bear the acceptance and the challenge in our hearts to say, this is what we've called to do. You know, my, my mission has changed, not changed, but evolved into a sense of we got to know that people are called to this thing because too many people claim to call and all they did was be in church and somebody looked at them and, and wanted to keep the membership going and say, oh, you a minister, you a minister. And you like, like Oprah handing out calls. You get one and you get one and you get one and you get one. Some people should take this so seriously that they should get a license back and they really learn learn what this calling is because all they're doing is they're not really producing anything. They're just saying, I'm called, and I and all that. You know, we say that little piffy saying God qualifies the call, but the question is, are you really called?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: To the slave labor, there ain't no joy. There's joy in being obedient. But is that not the 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 uh, arrogance? Yeah. And then yeah. 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 I'm a minister,
1: so I get to do this. No, <laughs> it don't really work like that. Wow. You know, it makes them You know, the things that we learn in church is so funny. Because I was talking to some minister the other day, and he was telling me, you know, I know how to bury, I know how to marry, I do all the ceremonies. Hmm. Then I said, let's open up the Word of God. Can you explain this to me? Mm no well you know to uh, so the spirit and I say man stop I said, look this is the key a monkey can marry and marry you get a parent to repeat that stuff I say but you're called to the word of God you know what did you, what did he say let the dead bury the dead Jesus said that like don't let them do their ceremony you need to come and follow me and we got to get to the point even, with, even for those who ain't called to, to that level as a saint of God you are you are in a slave relationship with your master. Amen,
2: amen.
1: You know you're not you're bored, you're better than a servant in a sense of you said I will give my life to you, and you do as you please with me. And and, and again you got to get to the and again I think affliction, physical, emotional, mental affliction, gets you to that point yeah. hmm. Hmm. where you can't do nothing but turn about. Amen. amen. You know what I'm saying? It's like none of y'all in, in my afflictions. You can pray for me, but God got to help me endure. Like uh, like a uh, minister said, you have to. If you with God, you won't be able to endure this thing. Yes, yes. you are. Even if it don't change,
2: yes, it <laughs> <right>. don't <And it's laughs> change,
1: but you're changing. Yeah. To endure. Yep. So when God talks about the moving the mountains in your life, the biggest mountain that you got to move out the way is you. you
4: mm. Amen.
1: You know, hey. if the the circumstance may not even move an inch, Mm. but your relationship to the circumstances change. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You know, my relationship to that which I was worried about and afflicted by, and now I can count on all joy because I can see the benefit of it because it runs me to God every day. Every day. So whatever affliction you're going through in this room, whatever you're going through, think about what the purpose for it is. It's to drive you straight to God. Because if he wants to deliver you from it, he can. But sometimes he wants you to do that thing. He wants to get to the point where you say, Your grace is sufficient.
2: Yes. Yes. You know?
1: So just think about when y'all hear the word servant, and I'm not saying change what you're saying, but but make it, if you make it a slave relationship, Paul has no choice. Yes. Peter has no choice. You know. So so, yeah,
2: and question, he describes all of that when he yeah. in, in in that <clears throat> in Second Corinthians, and just like Doc said, but then the very last verse he says, and apart from other things, there's daily pressure for me of my anxiety for all the churches, mm-hmm. and like you said, you can't just run away from that thing. You know, sometimes no. you want to give give up. You know, you get tired, but you know you still. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you have to endure
2: because you remember it's not about you it's, all yeah. about Christ. it's not about you it's mm. about him right. 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 it's about him
0: and, the, and, and and staying on that straight and narrow mm. that straight and narrow that means so much and it's hard mm-hmm. because you try to walk a real narrow path mm. can you stay on that straight and narrow not
2: by yourself you need all
0: the <laughs> help you not can not by get. yourself Yes, you do. Everybody, every day, every, all day. Every, every minute, yeah. every second. I just yeah. stopped going from
2: days, every
0: minute, every second. Yeah. Amen. I, Amen. Need I
1: need thee. I need oh, thee. you go. Oh, yeah.
2: Every hour. Yeah. yeah. And when you think about it, I mean, truly, truly think about it.
0: Hmm.
2: It
1: isn't easy. Yeah. But just think the end results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to focus on yeah. the finish line. Yeah.
0: What he say? They that keep their mind stayed on him, they keep him in what? Earth peace. peace.
2: peace. Perfect. Perfect. So the last question here is, what do these experiences that he had talked about in Second Corinthians 11, 23 through 28, what do these experiences say about his heart, his servant heart, his servant's heart? And we just kind of all picked that. kind the of he was really it. changed.
3: He was <clears throat> He was really changed. Because he was, he was, what, the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was like all the way at the tippy top of the scale, really learned and all of that stuff. He was a person of great prestige. And you think about being a slave to Christ, that's the exact opposite. Opposite. So he was really, he really was changed. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say at that
4: point when she said prestige. Uh, a scale of prestige the scales fell from his eyes Mm -hmm. the Lord showed him who he was to him and showed him who you know he. the scales those scales of arrogance fell from his eyes those scales of self righteousness fell from his eyes and he began to see as a man of God because he was you know like she said trained, supposed to be a man of God
2: but when them scales fell from his eyes, he mm-hmm. really saw who he was in comparison <clears throat>
4: to Christ. Because Christ. Paul had a resume. He had a
2: resume. He had a resume. Uh-huh. You know, if you want to go there, hey. Yeah. This, but that wasn't the resume that he showed. This is what he showed, who I am. And that was and You know, Christ but said. if you wanted to be arrogant or if you wanted to be puffed up, he could have been that. Mm-hmm. But, and, and that may have appealed to them in their fleshly lives. Right okay, in their everyday life. But we're talking, that you know, we're not talking about that. We're maturing now. And none of that, and he constantly tells them, it doesn't mean anything. The elegant speech that you talk or what you know, it doesn't mean anything. If you don't know Christ, you know nothing.
4: And the Holy you don't Spirit know anything. began to minister to his heart. You know, when Christ was like, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? You know, and he's like, what? What do you mean? His heart
2: really turned. But he had, we went through something. He went through something adverse. And you know, yeah. Doc just mentioned that the things that we go through, yeah. some of the adversities and things that we go through, only brings us closer to him really? because it knocks us down off of our horse yeah. and make us see yes. that it's not us. That's right. It's not about you. You know, it's not about you. So. so I want when
4: he fell off that horse. The persecution began immediately. You <laughs> wasn't the day; it was the minute that he started living for Christ. Mm-hmm. The persecution
2: started, right. and he's just trying to tell them, you know, I'm not telling you for what I heard. I'm telling you by experience. Mm-hmm. This is it. So, um, mm-hmm. any other questions about that? Okay, so Paul Paul insists that he's not writing to the you know, writing these things to make them feel bad. And in verse 14. I'm not writing you to you know, I mean, you shouldn't feel bad about your living status or your wealth or your comfort. You know, it's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But he hopes that his strong words would help them change their course in their lives. And since he led them to Christ, he had that spiritual father. He was their spiritual father, he was like their spiritual, spiritual father um, and we just talked about it. he didn't claim any titles he didn't claim any um honor, but only to explain the love and care for their spiritual growth that's all he was concerned about their spiritual growth so uh, you know again, he referred to them as his children, his beloved children, and we're talking spiritually. Uh, he wants them to go beyond understanding what he's teaching and he wants to imita- He wants them to imitate his life. You know. Uh, in short, I had read this and I thought that it, it really ended up uh, good in what Paul is saying. But it says, In short, Christian ministers are called to serve men in Christ's name, but they cannot serve man rightly unless they serve their lord rightly. Amen. And they cannot serve him rightly unless they see themselves rightly as his servants. Amen. Okay. So until we see ourselves as Christ's servant, we can't serve him. Amen. Cuz even in
4: the apostles it was like they, you know, in, in the scripture it was saying they was arguing who's the greatest among us. And what did Jesus tell him? The greatest among you is the one that's gonna be the biggest servant. Mm-hmm. Which one y'all gonna be down here washing feet with me?
2: <laughs> uh, change your whole mind though. Change daughter.
4: your whole mind. You wanna be great? Get on down here with this <laughs> Yeah. And I didn't even I mean, I until I came to walk the truth, I never heard the concept put that way. That what Dr. Sutton used to say to mm-hmm. us was that as a the head of a of a, a congregation, you lay the foundation, and where's the foundation on the floor? You the, you know you get the lowest, mm-hmm. laying the foundation. You are the servant, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know when you come to churches, everybody always pay homage to the pastor. Yeah. You know you you put this man up on a pedestal, so just to hear. Uh, a leader of the church say, no, I'm you know, I'm the the, the servant of the, of you guys. I'm your servant, I'm laying the foundation. So in the foundation, people walk all over the foundation. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and, and you know, definitely when you say that, you know <clears throat> the one thing that, that that I can actually say, I'm gonna
1: give Bishop credit for this one. He told me, he said the reason the reason he said one of the things that's of the church. Is what you just said, but he's describing it like this. He said, instead of getting a title, pick up a
4: towel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and get to work. <laughs> right, the work. Right. Get the
1: work. You know, he said, you know, everybody wants the title, but nobody wants the, the
4: mm-hmm. towel.
1: You know, to clean and to come in and do bathrooms and stuff like that. Yeah. And again, that's how I started. You know, unbeknownst to a lot of them. Tile boy. You know, I got <laughs> I, I used to come to church and our church was huge. I used to come clean the bathroom in the morning on Sundays. I used to open all the doors, check the sound system, all of that. Uh, be there for the mothers. Get there. They know. Uh, they knew after a while. They knew. Mr. Son, don't drive. But he in that building, mm-hmm. and that door go. When I pull that back door, it's gonna open. Mm-hmm. You see, those are the kind of consistent things that build you up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't glamorous, right? But it made them think about this. I'm doing this for them. It hurt me to my heart when I used to see mothers sitting out in the cold because they get to church early to socialize. That's good. Mm-hmm. And they sitting out in their car with their windows down, talking through the car before they knew I was in the building, right? right. That was a norm for that church because the teacher wouldn't get there until 5, 15 minutes still. So you got the mother sitting in the, in the driveway. So I said, no, I'm going to do it like, like I normally do everything else. I'm going to come. And it took them a minute to get used to it then after a while, they knew that door opened. Yeah. If we start church at seven, 8, if the Bible study at, at Sunday school is at 8 or 9, he going to be there at 730. Because it's like you're doing it for the people. Yes. And you want the mothers, you want whoever comes to that door, you don't never want them to come to that. Get out their car in the cold. Walk up them. stairs Walk up that ramp we had and the door locked. And now they got to go back to their car. You know, that's that's, that, 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 that's not consistency. See, that's why I told me when you step into this thing, find a way that you can serve where people don't see you first. Before you step into, I want to be taught, I want prime time, I want to talk in front of the people on Sunday. It's mm-hmm. those type of moves that did nobody know at the church. They kind of, I mean, they knew after a while that's what I did. But again, that's the level of servanthood you have to really willing to have. <coughs> Are you willing to do what nobody else ever thinks about it being done. Yeah. Just like Sunday. You know, since we've been here. I mean, lately, well, who do you think set up the chairs every Sunday since we've been here?
3: You. You know what I mean?
1: You. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday when we said universal. Who do you think set up the sound system and everything, got everything run. So when you when they came in the door, church ready to roll. You. Hey. It's not that it's a bad thing, but that's what I—that's—I can't let stuff
3: fall because I'm the pastor. I have to decide if—if any—if if
1: y'all can do it, I can do it, and I need to do it first. All right. You know what I'm saying? So when you think about leadership, you have to get up earlier, be here sooner. Yeah. I set the standard for these ladies. You can't. If I go out of town. You can't come in here and, and I already got that before. They calling me. I'm out of town. Pass the door ain't open.
3: That's right.
1: I'm like, uh, and I forgot what time it was. I was like, just go home. <laughs> but it was uh, it was 35, 45 minutes beforehand. Okay. You see what I'm saying? But that's what they used to. Right. So as a leader, you got to decide, okay, that ain't what I do. Oh,
4: uh, uh, there's a problem. I've heard it.
1: thing. Who cares what you do? This for them. They're used to, they are used to a certain level of comfort so they can do what they do. So because you don't do it, don't mean that it don't need to be done. You know? And again, it's so subtle. Yeah. Because when you don't do it, it's not that you're a mean person. You just didn't think of them first.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's all. And that's what leadership requires. you got to think of And again, there's times you going to have to make decisions. Of course, you're going to have to make decisions. But your general disposition is, can I do something to make another person more comfortable? Do do something simple like that. Making coffee. You know, can I, can I get here early enough to make some coffee? Mm-hmm. Just that little bit shows off. They dedicated, mm-hmm. they disciplined, yeah. they care about the people. Versus I'm just gonna show up five minutes till and walk in and, and, and or, two, or nine o'clock, I'm gonna walk in and get ready to get ready to have church or nine and walk in and get ready to have church. But then I want to talk mm-hmm. <laughs> and socialize. Mm-hmm. Well, follow the mother's lead. They get here, they have a good time talking. Yeah. That's what you wanna do. Do that, but there's that level of servanthood that And that's one of the things, Sister Brown, you can't really teach. Mm -hmm. If you call and you realize this, or you a higher lady, you do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. You know, you have to have that servant heart, that slave heart Mm -hmm. to to God first, Mm -hmm. and then to God's people, like you were just saying, Sister Brown. It has to be him first, Mm -hmm. and then he teaches you how to do this other thing, Mm -hmm. horizontal. Mm -hmm. You know, too many times we want to go big— and important in front of the people and haven't really decided that really, we really want to serve the people, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, Bishop told me that. Bishop say tile first. Mm. And he wore me out with that towel, too. Fired <laughs> to everybody else. Hey, i me the only one. Yeah. But, yours, but that was a good lesson for you, Pastor. Yes, it was. And plus, it was consistent. consistent. Yeah. That's what,
0: that's what consistent. really counts being consistent.
1: consistent. <laughs> yeah, very consistent. And consistency, yeah. even, if, even if it's mm-hmm. something real minuscule, mm-hmm. you'll be surprised. Like I say, committed accountable responsible
3: consistently.
1: Mm-hmm. And you have to decide what level of consistency you want to do. And I and I mean this, you know, like mm-hmm. if you are a, a a a one and I'm using money to just show up I'm, I'm using money to talk about money. Let's say your consistency is one dollar. That's your level of service. Well then just do one dollar. Don't look at nobody else, what nobody else is doing. Amen. If your consistency is that you're gonna come here and make coffee, then
0: do
1: just so. come and make coffee. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Because God is not looking at Comparing you to each other, he's looking at you and saying, "Are you consistent in what you promised me you would do?"
4: That's it, oh, You ain't
1: promised me nothing. That's why I get upset when people, well, Pastor, I'm gonna pastor. Look, dude, this between you and him. If you if you lying, you lying to him. You ain't lying to me. That's true. Because this gonna get done whether you show sure up or not. But okay, thank you. That's why I tell people, don't overpromise and underperform. Just come and do what you're gonna do. And then then I ain't got to sit back and want to say, You told me you gonna be here at eight, you didn't here until eight forty five. And I and again we account for, for emergency, Sister Brown. You know, we account for stuff like that. Let's be mature. If something happen, I understand that. But it but but, but what frustrates me is if you supposed if you tell me you're gonna be here, can't I get a text? <laughs> right. And then say you ain't coming? Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me know. That's all, that's all I need to do. Right. And then the clock start running. You know, it's like, you know, hey, 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 we need her to get there because so-and-so ain't going to be there and I need to do this, that, and the other. Yeah. You know, and, and and again, maturity. It's just a mature thing. And then you ain't going to hell if you ain't consistent, okay? <laughs> you know, I don't want you to think that you're going to be damned if you don't. It's just a thing that the church could be a lot better mm-hmm. if we will be more consistent in whatever we promise God we're going to do in the body of Christ. Yeah. That's all. Yeah.
2: That's all. Okay, Uh, let's get prayed out and then if we want to discuss stuff, we can. Okay, Uh, Minister Taffin,
4: dear Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful for this day, Lord. We just thank you for waking us up in our right mind, Lord Father God. We thank you for the blessings that you have bestowed upon each one of us individually and collectively, Lord Father God. We just ask you to continue to this congregation and walk in truth with cords of love that cannot be broken Oh Father God It was all a service heart Oh Father God that we can serve you first and then let that service become uh, that it don't flow to one another Oh Father God Lord Father God let us continue to grow in your word and in your way Lord Father God and Lord Father God I just ask you to continue to bless the head of this church and as it flows down to the body of oh Father mm-hmm. God the head is you, Jesus, and Amen. let your body be blessed upon you. Amen, yes. In your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Amen. 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 Okay, so we're finally out of four, chapter four. You can start reading ahead into chapter five, and you'll see that...
0: Uh, Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church Broadcast. On the WITRN Network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday Worship. Bible Study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon.